I'm happy to be here. Are you guys excited for a week off? Yes, it is going to be incredible. Uh, so if you guys have been with us at all this semester, which I trust that most of you have, we have been in a series on the person of Jesus. How many of you guys have enjoyed this? Yes. This has been probably my favorite series, but I think I say that about every series. Um, so tonight, uh, thank my friend Jordan Thevenin. Him and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago, and mostly preaching this because of our conversation. So uh, you can thank him if this is good, and if it's bad, you can thank me. Uh, but we're going to talk about Jesus and the questions that people asked him and the questions that he asked himself. Not that he asked himself a question, but uh, before we get into that, how many of you guys are, would say you're curious by nature? Like you like to ask questions. Okay, how many of you who raised your hand when you were a kid, you were the one who, the kid who always asked why, right? Like, why can't I have lollipops for breakfast? Why do I have to eat my vegetables when dad doesn't? Why is the boy dog always wrestling the girl dog, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding, <laughs> but I know people who've asked that. Uh, okay, so if you didn't raise your hand, if you were that shy kid who never asked questions, right, you've still been around little kids, and you've seen some of the funny questions they ask, right? Uh, I think about Zoe Goody, if you guys know her. She's Jordan and Katie's daughter, and uh, Zoe's this incredible, brilliant little girl, and she asks tons of questions, and sometimes she asks some of these most profound questions for a three-year-old. And then sometimes she asks questions that a three-year-old asks, right? Uh, Jordan was telling me the other day that he had had some candy, and he said, hey, Katie, do you want some candy? And she said, oh, no, I can't. It's got gluten in it. And then Zoe tugs on his pants, and she says, Daddy, can I have some gluten? I like gluten. <laughs> and he was like, ah, I guess I got to give you some more. One time, Heather and I were babysitting Zoe, and Heather went to go to the bathroom, and Zoe goes, where'd Heather go? So she went to the bathroom. She goes, why? I was like, because she had to go to the bathroom. And she goes, why? And I was like, all right, I'm not explaining that to you. You're going to keep that. Uh, right? We've all kind of asked some funny questions. I think about myself. Um, I'm about to tell you a highly embarrassing story. Uh, so this is, uh, <sighs> nah, this is worse. Uh, so in the fifth grade, uh, actually, Damani, you can go ahead and put this picture up just so you can get a visual That is fifth grade Sean. Fifth grade Sean, a backpack that is bigger than him, right? Okay, so I want you to keep this visual before you as I tell this story. So in fifth grade, I'm in my homeroom class, and my best friend Jonathan in the picture and another friend named Ryan, they're talking at the two desks next to me. And Ryan is telling Jonathan, he's kind of whispering, he's like, hey, yesterday... My dad took me to Hooters, and I'm like sitting there, and I have no clue what Hooters is. And so a normal human being would lean over and say, hey, what's Hooters? What, what, what is this? What are you talking about? But I proceeded to yell at the top of my lungs, Hooters, what's that? And the whole class got silent. And then a normal human being would realize I, you're embarrassing yourself, but I didn't, and so I continued to yell, what is it? What's Hooters? What is it? And finally to the point where my teacher came over and said, Sean, you have to stop talking. Please. And I never got an answer, so I still don't know what Hooters is. Um, 
Someone can enlighten me later. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I tell you these silly stories and these silly questions simply to point out that from when we were young, from our youngest ages, we've had questions, right? We've had silly questions, inconsequential questions. We've had questions about things that we don't know or understand, profound questions, deep questions, questions about hurt and pain, why questions, right? We have all these questions. And growing up, we've grown up in a very privileged country where we've been encouraged to ask questions, right, in our academic pursuits, in our technological pursuits. We're encouraged to ask questions. We're fostered. But if we're honest and we stop and look at our culture, there seems to be one area where there's not as much encouragement to ask questions, and that is in the area of God. We live in a culture that is about inclusion and acceptance, which is not a bad thing at all. But... When it comes to questions about religion and about God, we tend to say there's, more, uh, there's other more important things, right? And so if you're not a Christian and you've got questions, usually people say, oh, well, don't waste your time, right? That's a bigoted, outdated religion. You don't, don't waste your time. And if you are a Christian, there seems to be discouragement because if you're a Christian, you're supposed to have everything figured out, right? And you're not supposed to ask questions about God, especially some questions about why he does things. His, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to trust him, right? Our settings and our cultures, culture, our professors and our colleges, our media, our politicians, leaders in the secular, and even leaders in the church don't often encourage us to ask questions about God or to God. And yet, we all have questions, right? We didn't stop having questions when we were little kids. In fact, you probably know now you have even more questions than you were when, within when you were a kid. The older we get, the more questions we have. And so tonight, the one question I want to ask that we're going to look at is simply this. In spite of what culture might say and what we might feel inside, is it okay to question God? Is it okay for you and for me to ask questions about God and even to God? And so some of you guys probably right now are like, ah, oh, yes, the answer is yes. But what I want to do is I want to put some real pressure on this question. I want to put this question through the fire, and I want us to see whether this really is a biblical thing that we can question God. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at two different instances of people who've asked questions to Jesus and then his response to them. And so if you could just pray with me. Jesus would you speak through me tonight, God? Would you take the information on these pages and in my mouth and let it become revelation that would lead to a transformation in our lives? We love you, Jesus, and we trust you. Pray this in your name. Amen. All right. So, can we question God? That is what we're unpacking tonight, right? So, with all the questions that we have about God, I, I think they, they most often fall into two different categories, and those are what questions and why questions. What questions are usually things that have to do about God. Things like, what does this mean? Right? I just don't know what this means. Whereas the why questions are more questions to God, like why did this happen? And so we're going to start with the what questions. The what questions are usually the intellectual understanding level, right? And so that's the questions like, what does this thing in the Bible mean? Did God really do or say that? Right? What is God like? Does the Bible mean this when it says this? Right? So if you just open your Bible, I promise you, if you read it for five minutes, you are going to have a question. 
I, I promise you that much, right? You're going to wonder what something means. But are we allowed to ask those questions? Questions like, is sex before marriage really a sin? Or what about homosexuality? Does the Bible say homosexuality is a sin? What is, what is sin anyways? Or questions like, is there really a heaven or hell? If there is a heaven, is it going to be boring? If there's a hell, does God really send people there that don't know him? Or questions about God's nature like, is God loving if he commands the extermination of a country? Is God allowed to get angry? Can God have those kind of emotions? Is the God of the Old Testament the same as the God of the New Testament? We've all got a bunch of questions about God, right? In fact, I have yet to meet a single human being that has not had questions about God. We all have questions, but that's not what we're asking. We're asking, is it okay to ask these questions? And so in trying to find an answer in the Bible, searching the Word of God, we come to the 12 disciples. Now, I love the 12 disciples because these guys were not the elite. I love to relate to them because I often do not feel elite or in any way special. Um, And so a majority of these disciples, if you look at them, they were men who were not schooled beyond their basic years. They had make ends, meet jobs. Uh, They were of no particular renown or esteem. And even the ones who had some kind of schooling, they still weren't the elite religious leaders. These guys did not study the law day in and day out. They were not college graduates, right? They they were men who knew more about fishing lines than the lines of the Psalms. And now all of a sudden, they're spending all of their time with the literal embodiment of truth and knowledge. I don't know if you guys were in that situation. I would, for me, I first thought would be like, I feel really dumb, right? But you've got two options. You can feel really dumb and say nothing, or you can ask a bunch of questions because you don't know a lot of stuff. And that is what the disciples did. They asked a ton of questions to Jesus. Here's just some of the questions they asked him over the years. Why do you speak in parables? We don't understand it, right? Like you tell these stories and no one seems to understand them. And then they go and ask him in private, what does this mean? Because we didn't get it either. Like no one got it. They ask, can anyone be saved? Who can be saved, right? Or they ask questions, everyone seems to wonder, we got whole movie genres dedicated to what about the end times? What is that going to look like? They ask, when seeing a blind man, was, is he blind because he sinned? Or is it because his parents? Or they said, how many times do I have to forgive someone? Because I'm sure they probably made each other mad. The disciples had a bunch of questions to Jesus. And it was because they were hungry to know more. And there was a lot that they didn't know, right? And do you know what Jesus' response to them was? He commended them for asking questions. He honored them for their humility. And most importantly, he actually answered their questions. Jesus saw the heart behind their questions, and he happily gave them answers to what they sought. And I believe the same principle is true for us today. Right? That, that if the disciples could ask Jesus questions, then we can too. Now, as I said, most of you are probably like, yes, Sean, yes, we know this. This is basic. But as much as we might mentally assent to this fact, I wonder how many of us actually believe it and live it out. 
Now think about this for a sec. How many of us, if we are honest with ourselves, open up our Bible and we read something odd or weird or unknown and we ask, ask ourselves in our head, what does this mean? But we never actually go and ask the question to God or anyone else. Be honest. How many of us have hundreds of questions about God, but we only ever ask a few, if any? In our heads, most of us believe it's okay to ask questions to God, but in practice, we often betray our own beliefs. Now, as I was thinking about how I do this myself, and I was wondering, okay, Lord, why, why, why do I have all these questions and I don't ask them? And I believe the Lord showed me two fundamental hindrances as to why we don't actually ask our question. And the first one is pride. Pride is likely the greatest hindrance any of us will have in asking our questions for this one simple reason. None of us wants to be seen as dumb or foolish for not knowing something. I think about when I was in small group, my first year in small group, and my small group leader would sit there and he would talk about repentance and justification and the forgiveness of sins. And I would just sit there and I was like, I have no idea what this is. I don't even know the word justification. I've heard of forgiveness of sins, but what does that even mean? But in my pride and in my pursuit to, to protect my own reputation, I said nothing. Because if I did, then I thought I would be broadcasting to my small group leader and my friends that I was dumb, and I didn't know stuff. I didn't want them to know that I didn't even know the basics of Christianity. And I know some of you in this room feel what I felt, right? We sit there, and we nod, and we're like, oh, this is good. And then internally, we're like, I have no clue what this is. What is he saying, right? We do this. We think these questions. We have these questions in our head, but we never actually ask them because of our pride. But my friends, what I want to tell you is that this is a lie from the enemy. This is a lie that was made by him to stop you from knowing God. I mean, just let's stop for a second and look at how silly our pride actually is, okay? So who are we asking questions to and about? God, okay? So I wonder, who is bold enough to raise their hand and say that they know everything there is to know about God? Who believes that anyone can know everything about God? If, in fact, if we took all of our collective knowledge of all of history, could we know everything about God? No, absolutely not. He's God, right? The very idea of God conveys otherness. If God could be fully explained and fully understood, then he would cease to be God. And so you see, it's silly. It's, it's, it's laughable to sit here and and get worked up that we don't know something about God. He's God. We'll always not know things about him. He's infinite, and we will always have questions, and that is okay. That is okay. You see, the disciples, they understood this. These guys put their pride behind them when they left everything to follow Jesus. They didn't care what people thought of them. They didn't care that they were uneducated and unlearned. They just came to Jesus knowing that he was God and they were not, and they asked him questions about the things they didn't know. So in our pride, it will tell us, don't say anything, don't ask. You're going to look dumb, but I'm telling you, don't listen to that. And like pride, the second reason why we often don't ask questions, it's a lie as well. It's the lie of inconvenience. 
It's this little lie in our head that says, I will be a bother and an inconvenience to someone else or to myself. Right? We don't want to bother ourselves because we think, surely my schedule is far too busy for me to take any time to pursue this question. And we don't want to bother or inconvenience our small group leader or our resource leader or someone on staff because surely they don't have time for my silly little question. But my friends, this is a lie from the pits of hell. The disciples never hesitated to ask Jesus questions. They never got the impression from him that their questions were an inconvenience, and they trusted that he was far more willing to answer them than not. We all have questions about God and about Jesus and about the Bible. So let us be like the disciples who put their pride away and and didn't believe the lie of inconveniencing Jesus, and they asked their questions. It is, it is okay, guys, to not know stuff. The more I've come to know God, the more I've realized there is so much more I don't know. And that's okay. So long as we are pursuing Him and wanting to know Him deeper, it's okay that you don't know something. So we've established so far that asking God what questions is okay, right? The Bible seems to support this. But what happens when we move away from the more pragmatic questions of what does this mean to the more personal questions of why did this happen and how is this fair? Because you see, it's one thing to ask God a question about something we don't understand in the Bible, but it's a totally different thing to question Him on why something happened the way it did and the fairness of it all. What are we supposed to do with the tragedies and the heartaches and the brokenness of life? Do we have a right to question God about these things? He is God, and we are not. So do we actually have a right to question Him? When we hear about mass shootings in elementary schools and small-town churches and packed-out clubs, is it okay to ask God why He allows these tragedies to happen? When planes are flown into buildings and when children are strapped with bombs to kill enemy soldiers, is it okay to ask God why he doesn't stop these evils? When natural disasters literally scar the face of the earth and leave thousands dead and millions homeless, is it okay to question the goodness of God? Or what about when things get more personal? It's one thing to see someone else's hurt, it's another to have your own. Is it okay to ask God why he didn't heal your family member of cancer long before their time, even when you prayed and begged and pleaded him? Is it okay to question God and his loving kindness when you had to grow up with divorced parents and you never got to have a stationary home? Is it okay to question God on whether he's really able to satisfy our deepest needs and our deepest hurts when you've lost a loved one to suicide? Is it okay to question God on where he was when someone betrayed your trust? I don't speak this flippantly. I believe the Lord is speaking this. If, if, if you were touched or molested as a child, is it okay to question God why someone got away with that? Is it okay to question God when you've been faithful to him and obeyed him and sought him and loved him and you sit in this room right now depressed and lonely? 
Is it okay to ask God these questions? Or on the flip side, I was having a conversation with Charles. Is it okay to ask God to be peaceful and joyful? Are we allowed to be happy as Christians? You see, in the church today, we often paint Christianity as this very morbid, sad, life beats you up type thing. But Jesus says that it's a life of victory and joy. So is it okay to be joyful? Is it okay to have peace? Are we allowed to ask God to give us peace? Or is that forbidden? Every one of us has a story far more complex than what we show the world. And every one of us has questions that are buried deep in our hearts. Questions that haunt us. Why, God? How is this fair, God? How do I make sense of this all? And whether you're a Christian or not, it seems that the one question the whole world asks of God is why. And if you're a Christian, then it can be even harder sometimes. Because in some way, it feels almost wrong and maybe even sinful to question him. And yet, we still have these questions. The disciples showed us it's fine to ask God questions about things we don't understand in the teachings of Jesus. But when it comes to the questions that are far closer to the heart, what do we do with those? Did you know that one of Jesus' best friends, one of his most faithful believers and supporters and followers, had these kinds of questions? John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus had these kinds of questions. John the Baptist, if you don't know, was the forerunner of Jesus. He was the man who prepared the way for Jesus, right? And in the words of Jesus himself, among men born of women, none was greater than John. John was a man who spent 20 years in the desert with God. John preached the truth to all who would listen. He called out hypocrites, and he led hundreds, if not thousands, to repent of their sins. John was actually the very man who baptized Jesus, there have seldom been men in history like John. He was a holy man and considered to be just and upright before God. He loved God, he loved people, and he obeyed every word God ever spoke to him. And do you know what his reward for his obedience was? Prison and death. And so here is John thrown into prison as a result of obeying God, and he, like any of us in his place, would he questioned God, why? We see it in Matthew eleven two through three. It says, "When John was in prison, Jesus, or when John who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah. He sent his disciples and to ask him, "Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Are you the one to come?" Now, John's question here is far more layered than just, "Are you are you the Messiah? Are you him?" What he's asking here is, if you are really the Messiah, then why am I in prison? If you are really the Messiah and the Savior, can you come save me? Are you really the one that I prepared the way for, or did I just waste my life and I'm here in prison for nothing? Jesus, are you really the Messiah? Why? There's real hurt and there's real pain in his questions. You can feel it. Many of you can relate to it firsthand. Why, God? Why? And I know I'm beating this, this horse, but do we have a right to question God or are we stepping into some forbidden territory? Because you see, shortly after John the Baptist asked this question of Jesus, he was taken from his prison cell and he was beheaded. 
And so if we question God, will that be our fate too? Are we going to be struck by lightning? Do you see the dilemma before us? Do you feel the weight? We've got God who is a holy God and a just God and a righteous God, and then we've got us who are not. We've got God who sees everything from an infinite perspective, and then we've got us who does not, right? But, but and because we can't see all, because we, don't, we aren't good in all ways, we have these questions, right? But can we ask them? And as with every question, these heart-searching questions, I believe they are ever found the answers are ever found in the person of Jesus. As we seek to answer these, let us turn for a moment from Jesus, the questioned, to Jesus, the questioner. Did Jesus ever ask his father a why question? Was there ever some situation or experience to which he questioned his father why? Yes. On a cross 2,000 years ago, the Son of God asked Father God, Why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? What a revealing question. What a monumental question. What a groundbreaking question this is. This is the Son of God, God in the flesh, God taking the form of man, asking his Father, Why? Why, God, how come this has to happen this way? How is this fair? Is there no other way? Why have you left me all alone? Why? Now, some of you who know your Bibles well, you may say, hey, Sean, this is is a prophetic fulfillment of Psalm 22. And you're correct, it is. But this question is so much more than just that. This question that Jesus asked is a direct revelation of the heart of God that it is not only possible to ask God what questions like the disciples had, but it is actually okay to ask Him why questions. This one question, this lone why God have you forsaken me, reveals to us that if even the Son of God could ask these questions, then surely we can too. The life of Jesus more than any other models that we can ask questions to God. Now, my, my friends, this is, this is a beautiful truth. This is a glorious truth. This is the God of the entire universe, as Ian said earlier, letting us ask him questions. But before we go any further, I feel it's my responsibility to give you wisdom in actually asking God questions. Because you see, we can't go flippantly into this, but must instead have wisdom when talking to God. Now, I believe the greatest hindrance, the greatest issue most Christians have in talking about this subject of asking God questions is that we don't want to doubt God and lose our faith. And this is a legitimate fear, right? If we teach it's okay to question God, couldn't that lead us awfully close to doubting Him? And if we we just let people spout off all their questions, couldn't that end up leading them walking away from Jesus? And this could be true. In fact, I've known many people who have had questions about stuff they don't like in the Bible or had some tragic event happen in their life, and they walked away from God. It is very true that asking questions can lead us away from faith and into doubt, but this is only true, and it only ever happens as a direct result 
of the heart behind our questions. Every question, no matter what it is, every question about God has a heart motive. Every question has some basic presupposition about God, some foundational idea about his nature, some core belief that colors how and what we ask. And it is this intent, this motive, this heart, this basic idea that we hold about God, it is this that God looks at when we ask our questions. And it is this that he looks at on whether he's going to answer and hear it. Yes, it is okay to ask God questions, but only so much as they are asked with the right heart. And what is this right heart motive? What he looks for in the questions that we have? It is simply this. Do we ask our questions believing that God is good and loving, or do we ask our questions wondering whether he is who he really says he is? Do we ask our questions based out of the assumption that God is good and loving? When the disciples asked Jesus questions, it was always with this assumption that he was good and loving and the holder of truth. And so it came a time where Jesus said to them, are you going to walk away from me? And they said, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. There was a lot that these guys didn't understand. They were like basic high school graduate fishermen. There was a lot they didn't know. But they always trusted that Jesus was good and loving, even when they did not understand things. And because they trusted him this way, he in turn gave them what Matthew and Luke call the the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God. Jesus gave them the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God, and he can give this to you too. When John asked his questions to Jesus, he did it too out of the assumption that God is good and loving. And it may not seem like this at first. It may actually seem like John was bitter and mad at Jesus for his situation. But we know this wasn't the case because the simple fact that Jesus actually answered John's question. Jesus knew his heart. He knew his motives, and his answer to John was this, yes, John, I am the Messiah, and no, you did not waste your life. Jesus saw in John's question not doubt, but rather trust, and so he gave him an answer. And then even when you look at the question of Jesus on the cross, we see that it was not asked out of a lack of belief that his father was good and loving, but rather an assurance that his father actually was loving And good. Just 12 hours prior to being nailed to the cross, Jesus prayed in a garden, Not my will, but yours be done. Jesus knew that his father was good. He knew that his father was loving. And he knew that his father's will was best. And it was because he knew this that he ever ended up on the cross in the first place. His question on the cross was not just, it was not a question of the goodness and love of God, but rather as we said, the fulfillment of prophecy, but even more than that, it was to show us how to approach God. God in His infinite love and mercy and goodness actually shows us in the person of His Son that it is okay to ask Him questions. And in the book of Isaiah, God actually goes so far as to say this, Come now and let us reason together. 
The God of all the universe invites us to reason with him. You guys, this is insane. This is not normal. There is no other religion in the world whose God says this. Allah does not let his followers reason with him. Krishna does not let his followers believe with him. Ra, Zeus, Baal, they never did. The only God in all of history who has ever extended the invitation to reason with him is the God of the Bible. And the testimony of Scripture is that man has ever been able to approach God with his questions so long as he first trusts that God is good and God is loving. You and I can actually ask God questions. We can actually approach his throne. Right now, tonight, you can approach his throne starting from a place of, love, of knowing his love and his goodness. And I know that there are some people who reel at the idea and struggle with this idea of, oh, you just got to have faith. You just got to have faith, right? And that, that's, a lot of times that's a cop-out answer. And I don't think that's what we, we should give. But in this case, I want you to know this, right? So we, we often hear your faith has to overcome your feelings. And that's true. Feelings don't, do not dictate reality. Your faith should supersede your feelings. But did you know that in Christianity... There is actually something that always comes before faith, and that thing is fact. The kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, the order is ever facts, then faith, then feeling. The fact is, gravity is a real force, right? It doesn't matter if you believe in it. It doesn't matter if you have a good or bad feeling towards it. If you jump off a building, you will splat on the ground, right? And the same reality applies to God. The Bible says, as a fact... That God is good and God is loving. And God never asks us to put our faith in something that isn't a fact and isn't reality. He doesn't ask us to put it in some ethereal, non-existent thing. He says, this is who I am. That's what you're putting your faith in. And it doesn't matter whether you choose to believe it or not. God is loving and God is good. But if we want to ask questions, then it does matter whether we believe it. You see, God and the Bible never listened to those who came with critical and cynical hearts when they asked questions, but he ever listened to those who came humble, knowing that he was good and loving even when they didn't understand. The band can go ahead and come up, and as the band comes up, I want to give you one last word of wisdom when asking God questions, and it's this. God is God, and we are not. So he owes no man anything in the form of an answer. When we ask God questions, even with the right heart, sometimes he does not give us the answer we want. John the Baptist did not get the answer he wanted. He wanted to be freed, right? He wasn't saved from his prison cell, but he did receive peace from God, knowing that his life was not wasted. Jesus didn't get an outright answer from his father. He said, where are you? And God didn't answer him. But a few short hours later, the presence of the father was, was one again with the son. We don't always get audible, written out answers to our questions. There are just some things that we, we won't know till we're with him in heaven. And in regards to our why questions of life, we're often left with unanswered questions. But, God is loving, 
and he's good. And even when he does not give us the answer we may want, he always gives his peace. And he always gives his presence. So tonight, if you have got questions about God, and I promise every one of us does, then as a response, I want you, during this time of worship, to ask God to examine your heart. I want you to pray the prayer of David. It'll be up on the screen until we um, get to worship. And he says this, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of salvation. Who better knows our heart than God? Ask him to search it and ask him to give you a new heart. And, and, and as you trust that God gives you a new heart, then stand boldly in faith on the fact of his goodness and his love and ask your questions. If tonight the questions you have are what questions, questions of just not knowing stuff about God, that's okay. But please don't be afraid to audibly ask your question to God or to your small group leader or to your resource leader. Do not let pride or inconvenience stop you from knowing God more intimately. When I learned this truth in my own life, I came to know God in a way that I had never known him before. And if you know me, I love to ask questions. And if tonight your questions are why questions pertaining to more personal things, then start at a place of saying, God, you are good even if I don't feel it. You are good. And then ask him your question honestly and receive his peace. Guys, God is not intimidated by your questions. We see from Scripture that when a sincere question is asked with an earnest heart, God always responds, whether it's peace or an answer. This God that you ask your question to, a God, our Father, is the one who says, come, let us reason together. So as you trust in the goodness of God and the love of God, then I invite you now to come and reason with him. Jesus, help us to respond to your voice.